0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd, and they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied and they took up the broken pieces left over seven baskets full and there were about four thousand people and he sent them away this is the gospel of the Lord praise be to thee, O Christ you may be seated it matters that in baptism the water hits your body it matters that water hits your body not just because Those are the instructions that Jesus gives us. This is how Christians are born, by water and his word. But it matters also because we are flesh and blood. We are not just spirits or souls, but we are humans, body and soul. Last week in our gospel lesson, Jesus zeroed in on our hearts what happens inside of us. And he said that his commandments should take root not just in the things that we do with our hands or our feet or our mouths, that he's not just interested in our actions, but he's even more interested in our hearts because our hearts are the seat of love or the place where love goes wrong. It is entirely possible to look like a good person, to do apparently loving things, apparently righteous things, look good from the outside meanwhile you're rotten on the inside that is the great fear of hypocrisy that those in the church might look good pious like the pharisees on the outside meanwhile their hearts are far from god which is why the preaching of the church the preaching of the church is one of repentance not just shape up your behavior stop doing what is sinful and do what is good but turn your hearts towards god put your trust in him. That is where love begins and that is the place from which love flows. And that is why Jesus cares so much about our hearts. But, but that is not to say that Jesus does not care about the things that we do. That our flesh and blood do not matter. In fact, in fact, you can see so clearly today how much Jesus cares about our bodies what we do with them, and how they fare. I think it's worth contrasting that with the way the world thinks about our bodies, about our flesh and blood. Maybe you've noticed this, that as much as the world appears to be obsessed with fleshly things, it also treats bodies as disposable, as mere objects, as meaningless. To be used as tools and then to be thrown away. I think you can see this most vividly, most shockingly, in the rampant industry surrounding sex in our world. I know it's a bit unpleasant to think about, but that kind of industry shows you just how rampant the use of bodies is, treating them like objects, treating them as separable from the persons who are those bodies. The world treats our bodies just like a shell, or a husk, or maybe a machine, a machine that you have to feed certain inputs, you have to give it so many calories, you have to kind of grease its gears every once in a while, but it's really just a machine, so many parts working together, or something that really limits you. Nowadays, the fad in advanced science is the goal of transhumanism, the idea that someday we might be able to be humans without the shackles of this flesh, this stuff that we could just have our brains in a bottle somewhere and be alive. Our bodies are things that the world just wants to toss away, something in which you might be trapped, something which only has meaning if you ascribe meaning to it. The world really doesn't care that much about bodies, doesn't care that much about our flesh and blood, good for a while, but then really just meant to be tossed away my point in saying all that is to show you the contrast between how the world thinks about our bodies and how we think about them innately contrast that with how jesus thinks about your bodies jesus has a lot to say about what we do with our bodies and at times it can sound prudish or victorian kind of stuck up or, or puritanical all these rules and regulations about what is fit for your body to do but jesus does not talk about our bodies He does not care about our bodies in the way that a scolding nag would care about our bodies. Like a parent who is always on his child's case just because the child's behavior is kind of obnoxious. Cut it out. Wipe that booger out of your nose. Quit picking your nose. Quit touching that. Tie your shoes so you don't trip. Put that down. That's going to hurt you. The way that a parent so often kind of snaps at a child just because it's a matter of convenience. When children run amuck with their bodies, it causes problems for a parent. So parents like to wrap everything up and control everything, but that is not not how Jesus thinks about our bodies. He's not a nag. He doesn't scold us just because he wants us to be a certain way for his sake, for his convenience, to make life easier for him. He wants us to be a certain way to make life easier for us because it is good for us. Because he knows what is good for us. Because he, from the beginning, has been a loving father who is concerned for our well-being. Look at what he does in the beginning. You heard it in our Old Testament lesson. He created the world and he planted a garden. And he put Adam and Eve in that garden for them. Every tree, good for fruit, a delight to the eyes. He cares about them. So he plants a beautiful garden and he puts them in it. And their job is to tend and care for it. And it is a blessing to them, body and soul. And he gives them this one prohibition don't eat from the fruit of that one tree, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? So that they don't die. Because he cares about them, he cares about their bodies, he cares about their well being, he has compassion on them, and so he gives them a warning don't eat from that tree. But notice that even when they eat from that tree, even when they fall into sin, God's compassion overflows. He clothes them when they're ashamed of their nakedness. Although there's a curse on the ground, He gives them a way to provide for themselves, to feed themselves and their families. He sends rain both on the just and the unjust. That's what the Bible says. He has no concern for whether or not people are wicked or righteous. He blesses everyone. With the goods of the earth. See how gracious God is towards us, how much He cares about us, how much He cares about our bodies. What He does in the gospel lesson today, as He has these crowds of people, 4,000, who have been following Him and listening to Him intently. And you might say what Jesus said when He was tempted by the devil man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, and that should be fine for those crowds. 4,000 people, they should just listen to Jesus and be okay. But they were hungry. And Jesus knew it, and he knew what their bodies needed, and so what did he do? He fed them. Something that might seem beneath Jesus, to feed all of these crowds of people. He feeds them, miraculously, in a desert place because he cares about them, because he cares about their bodies. Jesus gives us all kinds of order in our life, the laws that we hear throughout Scripture, what is good and what is bad. He does that. To order our lives so that we can live according to his goodwill, according to his graciousness, so that we can avoid sin. That is, so we can avoid things that are dangerous for us, things that are harmful to us and to our neighbors, so that we can avoid suffering, the kind of suffering that comes from sin. Notice what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6. He describes the difference between a life lived according to God's word, a life of repentance, and a life that is outside of God's word, he says, what, what fruit were you getting? This is verse 21, Romans 6:21. What fruit were you getting at the time that you were slaves, your bodies were slaves to unrighteousness? What fruit were you getting from those things of which you are now ashamed? Those shameful things that were out of order, that were sin, that were contrary to God's commandments. He says, the end of those things is death. Thanks be to God that he has set us free. That he has given us repentance and faith to trust in him. And that he has set our bodies free from slavery to sin. So that now, as Paul says, we can use our members, we can use our flesh and blood to do good. To be good. To be like God. In righteousness and holiness. To love like he loves. That's why... He tells us what is good to do and what is not good to do. It's why the church is busy preaching repentance and also righteousness. God's law. If it was just the opinion of some man, say, I don't think you should do these things, or I think you should do these other things. If it was just my opinion, what you do with your body, what you do with your flesh and blood, you should forget it. But if it is God's word, this is what is good for you these commands, this way of life is what is good for you, and he is the one who designed the world for your good from the beginning and who has gone out of his way to sustain and preserve you and who has sent his son into human flesh to die for you. If it's him who says it, then we should listen and we should gladly do what he asks us to do because he is good and gracious. It's so important that the water strike a person's body in baptism in the same way that it is important for Jesus to take on flesh and blood and to die bodily on the cross it matters that his body hangs on the cross that his blood pours out it matters because we are flesh and blood it matters that he give up his life his whole life for you not just for your heart not just to set free your soul but to redeem your whole body flesh and blood to set you free from slavery to sin that is what the church is all about that is what the gospel is all about if you walk away with nothing else today hear this God loves you so much that sending his son into the world his son died suffering the death the bodily death that we deserve suffering the torture of hell that we deserve So that we who are bound for the grave, so that we who are bound to sin and only to live for ourselves might be set free for righteousness and life. He does it all because of his great compassion towards us. The same compassion that he had for those crowds, he has for you here today. And here once again, once again, he pours out generously all that you need for this life. Put your trust in him. Cling to him. Hold fast to his words and promises. Look to him as your heavenly Father, who would do anything for you and in fact already has done everything for you. To him alone be all glory now and forever. Amen. Amen.